Everybody loves to cha-cha-cha Little children like to cha-cha-cha We're told the exact origins of Top 40 radio are in debate. Some say it was born in a bar in Omaha, Nebraska, or at a station in New Orleans. Others say it was born in Texas, where Gordon McClendon brought the format with splashy promotional pizzazz to his stations in Dallas, San Antonio, and Houston. Still others maintain it was created by radio programming consultant Bill Gavin, who wove playlist reports from stations around the country into a chart. Most radio and pop historians, however, point to that bar in Omaha on the Missouri River along the eastern edge of Nebraska as the birthplace of Top 40. Here, between 1953 and 1955, the exact year is uncertain, Todd Stortz, the operator of KOWH, a daytime AM station, discovered the concept that would be known as Top 40. Stortz was sitting with his program director, Bill Stewart, in a tavern on 16th Street across from the station. According to Stewart, they were talking about the impact of television on radio and about what they might do to improve KOWH's ratings. In the fashion of the day, KOWH tried to be all things to all people, airing a wide range of specialty music shows. Having been number one for several years, the station now faced a stiff challenge from KOIL. While the two were waiting for one of the waitresses to get off from work, they noticed that customers had been playing the same few songs repeatedly over the course of four or five hours. Even after most of the customers had left, they saw a waitress punching up the same songs yet again. When they asked why, she replied simply, I like them. The jukebox activity triggered an idea. Stewart went to the box and, with the waitress's help, wrote down the titles of the records they'd been hearing all evening. Since the less popular records, although available in the box, had received nary a nickel, the size of the playlist would be trimmed to about 30 records. The most popular songs would get more repeated plays. With Stortz's blessing, Stewart applied the jukebox theory to KOWH. Stortz knocked off the classical country and other programs the stations had been airing and focused on pop tunes aimed at homemakers. The ratings soared. We got the station turned around, proclaimed Stortz. That from the hits just keep on coming by Ben Fong Torres. Just last week, the middle studio here at WVIA Public Media Center was filled with radio veterans, each with stories to tell about listening to the legendary Top 40 radio station WARM here in northeastern Pennsylvania to mark the 65th anniversary of the Mighty 590, as it was known. Twenty years ago, to take note of Warm's 45th anniversary, WVIA-TV produced a celebratory documentary to capture and preserve something of the AM station's spirit, Warmland Remembered. Richard Yellen has a background in media and entertainment strategy with roots in radio right here in the Wyoming Valley, and he's an organizer of an event taking place tomorrow evening at the Friedman Jewish Community Center in Kingston to remember WARM 
with a screening of the WVIA documentary and Q&A with warm personalities and management. David Yonkai, who's been called Northeastern Pennsylvania's radio biographer, will host the celebration that is free and open to the public. WVIA's Chris Norton, who was one of the radio veterans in the studio that day, welcomed Richard and David for a conversation about warm, and he began by asking Richard Yellen why he's so taken with an old-time radio station like warm. Oh boy, it was so much a part of my upbringing that uh, when I was maybe 12 years old, 13 years old, 13, it was right after the flood, that uh, my brother-in-law had a guy that used to work for him by the name of Sam Liguri. And Sam, believe it or not, was a maintenance guy in his factory and would sweep the floors and do things on the weekends. And I told my brother-in-law that uh, I was interested in being on the radio or learning radio. He said, I know this guy by the name of Sam Liguri. Why don't you go meet him? So he called Sam at WBAX. And uh, I met Sam. And uh, basically he said, well, you're under 16, we can't pay to do anything, but you can come here and you can so-called intern. I mean, an intern at a radio station, they didn't exist. He introduced me to Bill Stewart, and Bill, as you know, was going to, you may not know, was going to be on our panel. And uh, Bill Stewart was the program director, and Bill Stewart gave me the opportunity to dub records. He said, I can't pay you. He said, but uh, you're welcome to hang out here and do it. And uh, I did it for about two years, and as a thank you, he gave me $100 which I still have a copy of the check. I did cash the check, though. And uh, when I turned 16, he said, uh, if you're interested, um, we have tapes that play on Sunday morning, religious tapes, and you can roll those tapes. And that was my beginning in radio. And uh, went on to work with David Yonkai, who is with us right now. And David was at WRKC, which is King's College radio station. And uh, I approached David, and I wasn't even at King's College. I was in high school, and uh, David said that uh, we'd love to give you the opportunity to be on the air. So that was kind of like the beginning of my being on the air. Went on to uh, work at WYZZ for a while. And the real fun that uh, was probably one of the, is one of the highlights of my career was working at WILK when they were music. And such creativity that the station had. It was, it was, it was just a lot of fun. And I was doing this during the summers. Uh, when I was in college and also uh, in graduate school, I was working at Today Show in New York, and I would come in on the weekends and jock on WILK. And those days, just like with Warmland, they'll never be repeated, but those were great, fun days in radio. Dave Yanka, since we introduced you, you're a community health educator for the city of Wilkes-Barre, an author and well-known commentator on all things political and pop culture in Northeast Pennsylvania, and you've been described as a biographer of the area media history. So what's so mighty about the Mighty 590? Well, I think basically the Mighty 590 was a station that catered to a huge demographic. It's really hard to pinpoint what warm was. We can't talk more than like maybe a half hour on each particular subject. Warm bridged a generation gap. They were the first top 40 station in the market in 1958, and we're celebrating the 65th anniversary. But they also did something I thought that was brilliant because, you know, prior to 1958, the warm format was big bands and totally news and daytime soap operas, old time radio. And when warm took the airwaves in 58, it took the area by storm. 
And of course, you know, you had a lot of parents who were saying, oh my God, they're playing all this music, Little Richard and all these gyrations and that guy from Memphis, you know, with his hips and all that stuff. But what they did is they actually put together a news organization where live events were covered. And that brought in the older generation so that Warm became a total listening experience, not only for young people, but for adults in the area. And if you ran into a person who was uh, an adult during that time, they would be listening to Warm by default because their kids liked it. But the issue with, with the news was that they were being catered to by the Warm News Department 24-7, seven days a week. At 6.30 on a Sunday night, if there was a fire, Warm would, would be reporting it. So you mentioned the, the contemporary music. You mentioned the news. Uh, Richard, there were a lot of other ingredients that made Warm super special beyond the music and the news. Warm really had mastered sports, live sports events. Uh, I remember that George Gilbert and Ron Allen covered the Wilkes-Barre Barons, live games. News, as David mentioned, disc jockeys that really created theater of the mind. There were so many funny things, but one of them that really sticks out was Terry McNulty. Talk about theater of the mind. And he did so many fun things. Uh, Terry did one thing that was a weekly event uh, about the pineapple and passing the pineapple along. And uh, I remember that Twinkie music and uh, his talking about Pushy Bosco and talking about passing it around to different people in the room that typically were that week's newsmakers. And people would actually show up at the door at Warm to come and take part and get their free piece of pineapple only to find out that there was no one in the studio there was no pineapple going around. There was no script. It was all of Terry just making this up as he went. That kind of fun, clean, wholesome, fun. Dave, you no doubt remember some of the big contests and things that made the area, made it special that every Thanksgiving the turkey trot came along. Right. If you've never heard the turkey trot, it was a fake play-by-play race calling of turkeys running around the track at Pocono Downs, and you hear turkey sound effects. Well, that was one of the things I was going to say before you brought it up, because again, the promotion of Warm was just unbelievable, and it was relentless. They would have a promotion about anything. And uh, as an example, they had the uh, what you referred to as Warm Turkey Trot. Then, of course, there were all the concert promotions. Then there was the thing called Telefun, which basically they took a phone number out of a telephone book and they announced it over the air. And if that was your telephone number, you could call and win the jackpot. That was very popular. And there were people that basically used to like wait for their telephone number to be called. The dance hops with the kids over the weekend and everything, they would give away records. Christmas time, they would do a uh, Santa gift giving thing where you could actually win a Christmas gift from the Warm Sensational 7 uh, or the Warm Jock that was on the air. So there was all kind of different promotions. And the biggest promotion that they had, a self-promotion, was a Warm Survey Sheet. And the Warm Survey Sheet was every kid in probably northeastern Pennsylvania waited for Kresge's or the Five and Dime store in Pittston or in Wilkesbury or Joe Nardone stores to get one of those survey sheets. And you could only take one because there was such a run on survey sheets. There was a guy in the Pittston Kresge's who he watched it religiously. He said, you only get one. And well, my friend wants one. Well, have him come in, you know? So it's like, they were, they were like sacred. But on the back 
what they did is either their sales department or maybe their marketing department on the back was an ad for Clearasil or Fisifex, right? You know, stuff for acne. There was all kind of stuff that they would promote. Greatest promotions I think they did was the best news tip of the week. Oh, yeah. So the best news tip of the week was call in, and if you have the best news tip of the week, you'd win $5.90. There were people whose house was on fire, and before they would call the fire department, they would call warm. We've gone through a bunch of memories here, and we don't have time to. We'd spend an hour or two going through this, and that's why you want to come to this event, which will be on July 13th at the... Friedman Jewish Community Center at Kingston, going to start at 6.30 tonight. Well, what makes this pretty unique is that it's not only watching and living the Warmland Days with Warmland Remembered documentary done by WVIA, but in addition to that, we're going to have the documentary producer, Richard Briggs, one of the members of uh, Warm Management Team, Phil Condren, and we're going to have some great on-air talent that you remember them from on-air, and fortunately, they're still with us. Tommy Woods, Rob Nyhard, Bobby Day, Bill Stewart, Mike Stevens. So it's going to be some great memories from the people that were there. David, sing one of the jingles for us, will you? Oh, my heavens. You really want me to do that? Well, I think everyone will remember oh, it, no matter how my far God. off it is. Well, this is my favorite jingle of all time. Okay, okay, here it goes. This is W-A-R-M Wilkes-Barre, W-A-R-M Scranton. Come on and stay with us a while. 590 on your dial. We'll make your day a great big smile. W-A-R-M. What do you think? Bravo, David. And your memory is terrific. David Yonkai, who will be the MC for a very special event tomorrow evening in Kingston, just across the river from Wilkes-Barre, celebrating Warmland's 65th anniversary. David Yonkai was here with Richard Yellen, who is a media and entertainment specialist and an organizer of this event, passionate as he is about radio as a medium. And We have a chance to invite you to join all of us because WVIA's Chris Norton, who was conducting that conversation, will be on hand. And there will be a screening of the WVIA 45th anniversary documentary, Warmland Remembered. Richard Briggs was the producer and director of that documentary. He'll be there. And you'll have a chance to see the documentary and then have that Q&A with people who were there. Mike Stevens, Tommy Woods, Bobby Day, Bill Stewart, Kitsch Loftus-Massari, Rob Nyhart, Phil Condren, they'll all be there. And you can share your memories of WARM and they will share their stories, behind-the-scenes stories, about what made WARM so important to all of us. Warmland Remembered, Richard Briggs, the producer, on hand. It's free. You can let us know you're coming. So reserve your seat for this free event tomorrow evening at 6.30 at the Sydney and Pauline Friedman Jewish Community Center in Kingston, just across the river from Wilkes-Barre. And for more information and to reserve your seat, wvia.org slash events, wvia.org slash events. Here you find the young and old, twisting the night away. Yeah, twisting, twisting man, everybody's feeling.